So uh, Greg Oakley, welcome to the journey. And uh, just just a real brief introduction of, uh, for our, our newer listeners that are coming on today. But uh, the journey is uh, just a show. I have an ordinary individuals on the show and just their stories of either transformation, how they may have uh, had something in their life where they overcame or they failed forward, or they decided to pursue something that they had to face some obstacles, some, uh, some gatekeepers that were in the way for them to pursue something that had been burning in their heart to do. And, and I know um, as we got to know each other over the last couple of years, I know that uh, you are, are an artist and have, have a strong desire to give back to the community and tell individual stories and, and, and you capture that through your, through your art. So, uh, but before we jump into all that, Greg, um, when Greg has an opportunity to have fun, what, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you do to have fun? Oh man, uh, fun for me. One, I want to say thanks, Kevin. Uh, thanks for inviting me to the, you know, the podcast, man. And um, it, um, yeah, you'll never know how much it means because though we're we're talking, sometimes the stuff that's going to come out of it is like self-realization. I'm like, oh yeah. Sometimes you have to hear your kind of like thoughts, and sometimes it's in your head. You're like, oh, I don't know if that sounds right. And then someone like you, kind of like, oh no, you're you're hitting on something, and 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 it goes from there. So this is therapeutic for me, man. So I just say thank you for inviting me. Yeah, perfect. Uh, fun for me. Uh, I am not a daredevil, but uh, when it comes to film, you just get lost. You get lost. So I, I film and edit, and I produce videos here, and um, it's a passion to where you just lose track of time. You lose. Uh, I'm I'm definitely afraid of heights, uh, but I fly a lot, right? Um, I lived in Seattle for about two and a half years, and there was a project that I was doing that I felt necessary to film the Space Needle. Okay, and so I got I found out this is before drones. Okay, so I uh, got um, I rented you know to get on a helicopter for an hour and they circled around the thing and I'm filming this and I'm like, there's no other way I would do this <laughs> if it wasn't for film. So other than, um, you know, my kids involved, you know, I, you know, I have four children, two boys, two girls, um, other than just, you know, spending time with them and just, you know, even if it's just watching TV and, you know, kids nowadays, Gen X kids and whatever generation is named that are, you know, 15 year olds, this, uh, you know, my, my oldest is 15, you know, sometimes they look at their phone and listen to TV. That's fun for me, you know, yep. so spending time with the kids filming. Um, I definitely like, you know, even though I'm 35, I'm going to tell my age, um, <laughs> sports being active, you know, stuff like that. Music really it, it is a, a staple of my life. You know, it can, it can cause so many, uh, it can cause so many ideas and, and, and um, just ideas that just, just keep going and keep going. So music is, is some of the stuff that I do for fun, man. So athleticism or athletics, you know, working out kids and, you know, my profession. And so that's, that's what's really, what's fun for me and, 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 and helping people um, not to, um, yeah, man, helping you just, I guess it coincides with my art, um, with filming, but getting out there and trying to be a part of the do part when it comes to action. And so we can talk and have discourse and all of that, but I will find the root of it and be like, okay, well, I can at least put my camera on it and that can be part of action. We can have a conversation and see what we can do as a result of making this situation, whatever it is, better. So that, and, it, and it, it's, 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 a, it's an excitement and it, I don't know, I just, you, you'll, you'll lose track of time. And I, I, I hate 
to say fun because some of these situations that I've tackled and you know we when we first met it was through um, a school um, program that uh, an initiative that I started in Lynn Stockton of Jefferson High School helped kind of you know make it bigger but um, it was it was with kids dealing with you know depression and abuse and drug abuse whether sexual abuse um, bullying and these things came about and and then I think Ms. Stockton reached out to you that was that was the fun that we had but it was a serious it was serious stuff that we were dealing with so I don't want to I don't know if I want to use the word fun but stuff like that just gets my it gets my engine going so that was a very long answer but that's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> well you know Greg though I because I, I remember that night that you know that we met and it was at the Nordloff Center and we and that was the night that we um, it was like the the showcase right and um, and what I, what I, one of the things I witnessed, not only were there powerful pieces and powerful, you know, some, uh, some other art pieces, not just the film, but the other art pieces. But when I saw the film, they, the kids were having, the students were having fun. You brought some of that piece that, that they were, they were comfortable. They were, they felt safe enough to be with you to have fun, but they were talking about some pretty heavy, pretty serious stuff. And, but I think the way of you being able to create that space for them, that they, that this, yeah, this is serious and we're not making fun of it, but we're having fun in the process. So it doesn't, we don't have to drown in it. We can, we can, we can talk about it and not drown it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So better, better put. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man, that was, that was, that was life altering brother. There's, there's been some life altering, um, you know, with, with all people, but as far as my testimony, there's been a lot of life altering um, events that happened in my life. And man, I can tell you without, uh, without a shadow of a doubt that what those kids did there, it moved, it moved my soul, what they decided to do. It, it, I mean, just to briefly talk about it, we set up an idea of what we were going to do. And then we introduced it to the kids and they did it on their own man and i get goosebumps talking about it because they took it and they did their own ideas so um you know hopefully we can touch on it and talk about it because i don't because <laughs> i will i will talk about this because it was it was it was it was transcending it was beautiful you saw kids that were the class clowns the the cool kids um and they transformed right in front of you and it was like a it was like i don't want to even say it was it was, it was a six-week course um because we tied in art and english uh, curriculum, and then they invited me um, to um, put my film expertise, if you may, in it. And um, the, it just what they did with it—you uh, just you saw kids transform in front of your eyes. And it's teenagers, so it's tougher. You know, they're 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 cool. They got to worry about how cool they look. And it, it you know it floored me, man. So that was one of the I, I if I get amnesia. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that there's going to be something that if I get my memory back, it's going to be one of those. It's, it's got to be that, man. Well, and that, that was at Jefferson High School in Rockford, right? And, and Rockford, Illinois. And, and that was one of, I mean, Rockford and Jefferson at Rockford is one of those schools that is probably, you know, it's not like, you know, not that much different than other cities that, that size. But, you know, they struggle with a lot of different things. They struggle with, you know, uh, drug and alcohol. They struggle with uh, domestic violence, sexual assault, bullying, uh, mental illness, um, racial tension. There's, there's a handful of different things going on. And in that, in that class that you were working with was a pretty big uh, 
you know, a, a mixed group. I mean, it was, it was from all over the place, you know what I mean? And, and so they're just there for every seem to be socioeconomical, you know, walk of life as well as just different backgrounds. And, and I think that is what, what so moved me is that you were able to capture them in that creative process and and that was to me pretty cool to see because i see it sometimes when i'm counseling you know but but to be able to but to be able to observe it as you were able to capture it on on film over that six weeks um that that was pretty cool and then of course that day that i was there then i got to see the you know the final outcome of, of some of their some of their art let alone the you know the film project that you were doing yes sir man yeah it was yeah like i said it was it, it was it was an experience of a lifetime um, seeing what they what they end up doing, and yes, it was a diverse group. Um, and 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 for the listeners, uh, just to you know, just kind of brush through it there. There, uh, it, I went in there just trying to teach the uh, through film and through um, you know production, film production. All walks of life can work together. That's just like my main theme when it comes to that. So you know, if you don't uh, get along with so and so because they're from a different social status, when it comes to being adult, you're going to have to work. And whether you own your own business, um, entrepreneur, or you work, you know, uh, uh, a nine to five, or you know, you work for a corporate, uh, uh, you still have to deal with people that are different walks of life. And so that's just my initial theme of when I went into it. And we built something totally different. We decided that we were going to, um, or the kids decided that, hey, what are, well, Miss Stockton wanted to be like, okay, we don't want a bunch of kids just kind of like venting on, you know, we want them to vent, but what can we do as far as action when it comes to some of the stuff that they list on what are the things that trouble them in, in, in this school and maybe schools around the nation? And they put up a list of things and we kind of categorized it and um, that's when it took a life of its own. I went in there to say, hey, you know, all walks of life need to work together and I'm gonna show you how that works in the film world where, hey, if you're a music guy, the music guys are over here, the music people over here. If you're good with interior decorating with your house, that means that set design. They said, yeah, that's all cool, but we've got some real issues that we wanna tackle. And we put that to the side within like two, three days, man. And what ended up progressing um, was, um, uh, Again, the uh, if I can remember correctly, there was four things that we just kind of categorized and it was abuse and, and we had made a box for the school to put, you know, hey, you don't want, you, you, know, anon uh, you know, anonymously put, you know, stuff that's happening with you. And then um, that classroom that we had, because we had two classes combined um, working with each other and we those kids in the classes with us would pick out those, those letters and read these kids, um, their struggles and that was the beauty part there was one of the kids one of the kids african-american kid um just a cool kid you know not really participating and i'll never forget man he read that note he read one of the notes and um it was a sad story the the, the note that he wrote the uh, the young man um yes uh parent abuse his, his, his i think his father went to uh prison his mom had passed away or gone his grandparents had him and the abuse was you couldn't imagine you couldn't imagine the, the young man in the letter um had a brother uh and had a younger sister and what they had endured i i can't even touch on it just just madness and what i was there to do was 
to if the kids that wrote the note were brave enough to talk, then I would take my film crew, which was made of the students, and we would film their testimony and, and see how they overcame, if they overcame. And the cool kid um, read this note. I took him with me to film the kid, had no idea because it was anonymous, and he knew the kid um, that wrote the note. And I've worked on sets to where people are on their phone, you know, um, and the and the and 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 the and the subjects, the actors are the people that we're filming or interviewing. Um, they're professionals, so they really don't, you know, they're focused on maybe the interviewer. But I, I told my crew of kids, hey, be mindful. And I don't think I even said that to them, but once they started being mindful, listening and being intent, not being on their phone. They were really listening to this young man and everyone else that had their testimony. And I always would commend them and say, you know, great job, you guys are doing something that some adult film crews can't do. And the cool kid, while he was listening to the young man say his testimony, whew, he, uh, I, there was a time where he had to take a break and the cool kid gave him a hug. And he was like, I didn't even know. He's like, I didn't even know that, you know, I, I knew a little bit of your story, but I didn't know all that. Gave him a hug and then in a, in a very, in you, you know, in, in, a, in a right tone for the scenario, I was just like, if you want to continue, friend, you can. If you don't, you know, that's quite fine. You've did, you, what your testimony, what you did just now before it ended, you might have some kids in a different city that was like, man, a different state, because I let them know I go from city to city, I do this, you know, filming stuff, and a kid might hear this in Florida and just be like, man, I, I, I identify with that. And so you can quit now, my friend, and it'll be okay. But if you want to keep going, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 would, it, would, it would do a lot of people some service that are in your same shoes. And he was like, he toughed it up, wiped his eyes, and kept going. Stuff like that. And so you just, you, 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 if you've ever worked with teens, if you have a teen, if you got a teen niece, uncle, or niece, a, a nephew, um, a grandson, anybody that's out there listening, you know how difficult teenagers can be and how cool it is to be cool. And all of that just took a back seat because their former student was going through some things that they never knew. And it was like that through the whole process. And so that's just to give them, so, so we're not talking <laughs> like, yeah. we know what, we, we know the situation, but I don't want to be like, well, hey, what, you know, what was, yeah, yeah. what go on? So that was just a touch of what happened and, and man, Transcend. I just, I, I can't forget it. We'll never forget it. Yeah. Well, and, and what you just described is uh, it's, it's these type of topics that you were taught that you guys talked about that day. And then the, then the, you know, just for everyone to understand, this is a high school, about 1800 to 2000 students, sure. you know, and, and, and you know, there's a pretty high poverty rate in, in Rockford and especially with that particular school. And, and that was just kids that weren't in the class were, were putting in notes yeah. about what their struggle was. So anybody could put something in there, but it was your students that were in your class that were then going to pull it out and read it. And then, and, and I think, you know, it, it's one of the things that popped in my mind when you were just talking is that type of, those type of issues that come up, those types of, that type of pain that comes up that people have to live with is like a great equalizer, right? It, it's, 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 a, it's an even playing, playing field. And the cool kid that you talked about that was a phenomenal example of empathy. Yeah. He was able to empathize with, with that person that he thought he knew. And now he, he's seen him on a whole other level. And, and that, I think, that empathy, 
I just was listening to someone on a podcast. So that, that empathy and listen to someone's story, that's how we can become unified and can make a completely different difference. Make it, make things different. You know what I mean? And, and because we can empathize through that pain instead of blaming someone else for the pain. Okay. Because that's what we're doing. I mean, not, not to, you know, not to dive into what's going on in our nation right now, but that's the, that's the, that's the gauge. That's the temperature right now. And so it's like, you have people, um, you know, the police brutality that happened and there's a bunch of people that are, you know, people of color and non people of color are talking to another side saying, how can't you empathize with us? How can't you realize this is going on? It's because they don't, they, they just can't understand it. So now we're talking about teenagers and to, to help this even more, the, kid that wrote the letter, Hispanic and white. This is so he was, he was, you know, he was mixed. Um, and the cool kid was black. And so it was, it was, and so now you think of that, you know, the, that racial divide and it was like, no, but that, that common line was, Hey, everything. I, 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 I didn't know, but that right. I empathize with that. And that's what we're missing, I guess, in, in this, in this day and age when it comes to at least the adults, because the kids seem to get it for the yeah. most part, right? The kids seem to get it, you know, before they get to that, um, part of their life to where there's different things that, you know, you beat, you know, you don't, you don't want to lie to somebody. So you learn these nuances, right. To just be, uh, you know, a person that's, that can be in the community, be in a workforce, right. You, you learn how to maybe, uh, lie to someone, white lie to someone because you don't want to hurt their feelings. And so uh, teenagers, you're starting to learn that, but there's still some rawness to you to where, um, you just don't have that. You just don't have that in your, in your, in your life to where, you have to sit there and like, oh, that's a rule. That's a rule. Like, no, you know, they get it. You know, they, they get it when it comes to situations like that. And the empathy that that kid showed was the common denominator. I mean, social status, I think they might've been the same as far as, you know, uh, the, not the riches, maybe not even middle-class, but um, still there could have been a disconnect because one is from one side of the track because my grandma and grandma might be, grandma and grandpa might be white. And this, you know, the cool kid was black, but still that common, I felt that I'm hurt. I see you hurting. Yep. That was a common denominator. So yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I think that, and again, the idea, and this is where I think, so how art like athletics can be so powerful to, to create a platform in which we can actually have opportunities to see that vulnerability. Right. Oh, no. but, but, but there's, there's no doubt, you know, when, when people have been hurt like this, this young man had been hurt. And then we can either do one of a couple of things when we're hurt or feel like we're going to get hurt again. We either going to run away or we're going to fight. Right. And, and in both cases, running away, you know, the flight thing or the fight thing in both cases, it may set me up to be closed and, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be vulnerable. Well, mm -hmm. something happened when you created that atmosphere, that, 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 that space where even though that fight or flight thing might've been going on because they might've been threatened outside of there, something allowed them to, to let their guard down and be open and yeah. hear the other man's story. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that I think has got to be key because there's certain things that I can listen all day long and I can empathize, but I don't know because I have not, ex I haven't experienced certain things. I, d I don't know. But if I know someone's story, yeah. then, then I can, I can, I see them. Right. I, I see who they are. And, and, and then I know that, you know, and I got And, you know, we all fall. Well, I don't know about we all, but I know I do, you know, in generalizations, because sometimes Kevin just wants to take a shortcut and just generalize things. Right. <laughs> and and not, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, everybody from, you know, Wisconsin's this way or everybody's from Illinois, you know, whatever. 
well, really? <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole lot of everyone's, <laughs> you know, but um, so, so speaking of that, and we'll come back and, I, and, and probably come back and swing around to that project that you did, but um, that was when you were in Rockford. And so are you from Rockford? I am originally from Rockford, Illinois, a Swedish hospital. Okay. <laughs> That's where I was born, too. <laughs> There's more things to come. We got, brother. You know, yep. One more thing. And, um, yeah, I went back and forth from Rockford to um, specifically uh, Imperial Beach. That's a district of San Diego. Um, okay. So I'm like, so Imperial Beach is like 25 minutes from Tijuana. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. so, so the, you know, multicultural background as far as, and it's, it's, it's so funny, the culture shock, man, the culture shock going from the Midwest to the West Coast, it was, it was, it was different. But yes, sir, originally from Rockford, Illinois, man. And um, yeah, I can dang near name all the schools I went to, brother. Okay. <laughs> Barbara Welsh and Jefferson High School in Flint. Shout out to all that, man. Okay. All right. Perfect. So you, oh, okay. So, so then you went back to Jefferson. That was your, that was your alumni, your alumni from there. So you went back to help them out during that project. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So I have a, I have a, a friend of mine that uh, a young man that I coached when I was coaching at Harlem and he actually moved out to San Diego. So he he's a transplant too. And he, when, if you get a chance, he has a bike shop, a Pacific bike company um, or Pacific bike shop down, down on Pacific, uh, Pacific beach. I think that's the name of the street. Yeah. I mean, at least I know the area. So, you know, when we get off of here, man, I'll definitely uh, like to surprise him. You know, yeah. like, hey, we know somebody and yeah. we're from the same neck of the woods. Cause when you're from a different city and you find somebody remotely close to you, you have that, you have that connection. Yep. And it doesn't matter. You just sit there and have a 10 minute conversation and stuff that you know, Hey, you know, this street, yeah, I know this street. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you, 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 Tony is a great guy. He's got, he's, he's, he created a great company out there um, supplying bikes and he is like over the top busy right now because everybody and their brother wants to ride a bike and right now. So, uh, yeah, right. he's, he's having, a, he's having a joy. And he just told me the other day that he, he leaves San Diego to, so he can get his head back together and he goes to Arizona. And yeah. so, uh, so now you know that's where you're at right now. <laughs> so, uh, so, so kind of tell us a little bit about what, what, what types of things are you working on now? I know, I, I know you're using film for a handful of different things. And, and I've, I've seen, as I've followed a little bit, you, you did a documentary on uh, the basketball team primetime. They got second national youth, youth basketball team and, and uh, the coach doc who, who's uh, uh, locally famous, let alone, I think uh, maybe even outside of that. And, Yes, yes. And uh and he and he coached this one guy that was from Rockford that made it in the pros. Uh <laughs> So this one guy, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, what, what was that guy's name? Uh, you know, a van, a van bleed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was, um, it was, it, that was an awesome project because, you know, for better or worse, famous or infamous, Doc is cared about the kids. Doc cared about the kids, and there were some kids that needed some tough love, and um, whether it's controversial or not, he was there. And a lot of those kids that he was there for didn't have no dads. Um, and so his um, staple in the community was definitely there before, you know, for, uh, Fred. And, uh, and then it just his story gets heightened because he was part of Fred's story in a, in a sense. So therefore we had this cool primetime documentary uh, and it was just, it was, it, it was almost like barbershop talk when it, when it got down to it as far as like, who's your top five and you had different generations. So you mix that in um with giving a history and it's almost just like it was it was it was like you know rockford we have something to say and you know it, it don't 
and it, it, it was on it was on a broader scale than basketball. It was like Rockford is, the, is like a second city of Illinois and recognize us. Do not skip over us, okay? Mm -hmm. Whether it's athleticism, whether it's um, business or art, we have something to say. And that's what that documentary was kind of like leading to. So even if you weren't a sports enthusiast, you were like, yeah, in my service of what I do, I'm in Rockford and I'm tired of people kind of just skipping that. Now, size-wise, I know I think Aurora is bigger city-wise, but when it comes to a second city, I, I, you know, Rockford should at least be mentioned um, uh, of our contributions of stuff that we've done. I mean, I, when I tell people when I'm in Phoenix, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm from Rockford, near Chicago. They're like, Rockford, I'm like, a league of their own. You, you have Tom Hanks movie, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Rockford, you know what I'm saying? So it's like there's stuff that we contributed to history, you know, in history. When the world said women couldn't do much of anything other than just sit in the kitchen and cook, Rockford said, no, they can play baseball. That's that's kind of big, you know. And so th these are the, 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 that was like the energy circled around that documentary. So you know, it was it was a beautiful experience, um, and it was fun. <laughs> it was fun getting other people's opinion. But yeah, man, that was the documentary. It was it was awesome. Nice, nice. And then I saw that you're doing some music videos, or have done some music videos, some filming that. Now, did you produce those, or did you film, or how how did that all come about? And when it comes to the music videos, um, me and my partner Pierre Adams. Um, we kind of started this around 2010 to uh, 2000, ooh, 2000, maybe 11 or 12. And it's just um, the demand, you know, you had a lot of artists and um, you know, they wanted to get their music out and YouTube and other, you know, video venues to where you can platforms where you can put your video um, and show it to the world uh, was it like they just YouTube and other ones. And so therefore it's like, Hey, we, we see a demand and we need to appease it. And so that's what really came. And then it grew because there was a, within the you know hip hop culture, um, um, whether positive or negative, um, Chicago produced some music that shook the world and it, it wasn't the best uh, message, but we were in the thick of it because you know, uh, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to document it on video. So that's where it elevated. And so we've, you know, we've done music videos for, man, uh, some of these artists that I will mention, uh, the young kids know, but uh, uh, yeah, King Louie, Chief Keef, um, we even had a video with Jim Jones, a guy that, you know, in early, like 2000, um, he was really big with a, a rap group called Dipset. And so we've, um, not only with local artists, but artists that nationwide people like revered, you know? Um, and they were like, wow. So we've done music video for um, quite a few people. And it was, and a lot of it that at least got us in the you know, thick of things as far as name wise, namesake wise, it was doing a lot of music videos. I mean, we did weddings, we did commercials, we did uh, commercials for the Home Rule Initiative um, uh, when Rockford was you know, voting on that. Um, and then we did, of, of course, we, we do school initiatives and just stuff pro bono for the city. We don't need to be asked to do anything as far as me and my partner, if we see something going on um, that's causing, you know, friction in our city, we're going to film it. You know, we're going to put our camera on it and we're going to tell a story. But music videos was, you know, kind of hone that craft, trying to deliver cool messages. Um, uh, but it, not in a, in a hip hop culture way, but filming in a way to where if I have something positive to say, um, better example, the I Am Rockford video that I, I, I me, and my, um, me and my partner produced. Um, it was just basically filming uh, Rockford, the city, and then you give them pivotal points about Rockford. But how I did that was I took a popular instrumental, 
not the, not, the, not, not the lyrics of a song, but a popular instrumental at the time and placed that under my voiceover and filmed it in a hip hop way. But the delivery was like, you know, meat and potatoes as far as subject wise, you know, sure. and it was substance. And, you know, learning through filming music videos and editing pop ways to make you go, oh yeah, this is interesting. Let me, it caught my attention for 15, 20 seconds. Now we brought you in. Now let me give you some enlightenment. And so, um, but that's what music videos did that. And so, but yeah, we, we, we filmed and how it works is we don't produce the music, but when it comes to production, you know, we think of the idea um, of the video, hopefully. Um, and uh, we think of shot, you know, you know, scenes and different places to shoot it, you know, shoot it at. And then we, you know, we, after we film and capture everything, we edit it and we have to piece it right. We might have to do it on a beat, you know? And so that's what it kind of entails. And people understand that when they see it, it might sound a little difficult, but if, you know, if right now, if you were to start to bob your head and, and hit your pen on, on the table, I'm going to make the, I'm going to have the cuts of the edit like that on beat. And that just keeps people kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. And it keeps them kind of tuned in. So sure, yeah, sure. that's what music video did, man. Nice. Okay. And, and, and obviously for a handful of different things, again, it goes back to that, uh, not just the art, but the art being able to be a, a platform or delivery for, for a message yes. and, 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 and being able to tell, tell and share that story, you know? And, and so, uh, so are you working on anything right now or what, anything more recently they haven't talked about? So. Sir, I'm doing it. I, I got an app here, man. So I got an app and I had a show idea um, for as long as I can remember. And the show idea kind of coincides with my new app. And my app basically is um, a visual Yelp for the nightlife. And so I want to create an app to where you can go to different clubs and see the experience of it versus going on Yelp and be like, hey, how's this karaoke bar? Where are you going to get a comment from three years ago? I was like, oh yeah, me and my friend Jerry went there and it was awesome. And it was like, yeah, but that was three years ago. We need something that's a little bit more, more recent. And so, you know, alongside that app, I've had this show that wanted to do the same thing. I go, I'm, I'm, I like dancing. I don't know if you can tell, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> You're a very sedentary person. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, you know, and so it's like this energy. I go out and um, I'll go, you know, different, you know, place to place, and I would just critique it, you know, and I, and I wanted to rate it fairly. And if they had a dress code, let ongoing people know that, okay, you know, you might have to dress like this tonight, but, you know, I wanted to do a show that just kind of showed the nightlife of San Diego. So if you're visiting um, or planning to live here, these are the places. And so I've merged the two ideas. And to kick off the app, I'll have the show. Um, and then the show is going to be sponsored by the app. So, and the okay. app is called Can We Dance? So, Can We Dance? Okay. So, I got two partners um, uh, through film. Through film, I, uh, I have a partner in Seattle. His name is Pierre Knight. Um, he had a music festival that he invited me to film. I went to go film it. It was a beautiful music festival for three days. This is about ooh, a year and a half. It was about a year back. And then my friend Patrick. Um, from San Antonio, uh, just we belong on the same page on, on Facebook and he's seen some of my work and I was like, yo, this guy, I think I can trust him with this information, with this app and I think he's really business minded. And here we are, you know, so we've gotten everything, um, you know, legal wise kind of put together and we're, we're going to be making a push here soon. So nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So other than that, um, I still like social justice work. I still try, but with, you know, um, 
you know, and, 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 and you know, get my pulse to a community um, and see what's going on. So nothing as of, as of now, as of that, because now it's just like observing. I don't want to, yep. as the kids say, culture vulture. That's just kind of attaching yourself to a movement and making yourself kind of look cool. Or, you know, you might go to um, a culture and sit there and act like you're a part of it. And then you're really just trying to gain like you notoriety and maybe some, um, yeah, just notoriety and just be known and maybe get some business off of it because it, it's, it's, it's profitable. Um, and you know, what's, what's going on in, in the nation right now, I just felt like I wanted to do a piece, you know, film something, but this the world is doing it on its own. Yep. So, it's, you know, if I, I think it would be a disservice and it will come across like a culture vulture. If I just decided to film something, it's like, nah, man, like, the nation is doing it its own. The globe is doing stuff on its own with what's going on right now. So nothing as of now, social justice wise. So yep. um, since I'm antsy, let's just focus on the app, man. So yep. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you know, two, two obviously two big, and there's more things than this going on. But two of the big things that I'm thinking of right now is obviously what what's happened because of COVID nineteen, right? And and the whole world got shut down, turned upside down, everything like that, and. So I've been spending a lot of time talking about that on this platform. And, and, and now I go from, you know, cause I do a lot of speaking engagements in school districts and churches and different things like that. Well, those all got shut down until about a month ago and now I'm doing them all on zoom. And so, I, so I'm working with some school district getting in the, in the concept I came up with, it was actually, I, I, I modeled it after Joseph Campbell and Ryan Holiday's work. So Joseph Campbell was the guy who uh, created the idea of the hero's journey, that you go from normal and, you, and you're in this normal state that we all go through this, all, all good stories, right, are in the normal, the hero's in the normal, and then they get thrust, they get a call to adventure, and they get thrust into the initiation phase or the dark night of the soul. And then what they learn in that dark night of the soul, uh, what they learn in Oz, then they, they, they have to fight all these different things. It's almost always within them. Mm. And then they come out of that and they bring that to the return home, right? So, so I rephrased it, actually kind of taking the idea from Richard Rohr, another Franciscan priest. And he talked about it being order, which was the normal, to disorder, to reorder. And, and we're all currently in that disorder because of COVID, right? But what we're going to learn about ourselves and about each other in this disorder is what we then take into the reorder when we come out of this. Come on now. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a silver lining, brother. Yeah. And so, and, and so I've been, that, that piece came to me pretty early on because I've been studying, you know, Ryan Holiday's work with modern day stoicism and, and that I've been doing that for a few years and studying Campbell stuff for like 15, 20 years. And so that just naturally fit. But ironically, when all this stuff that has started unfolding in the past month with, with George Floyd's death and the response to that, I just didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? And, and so because of that, it, it was more like, okay, well, it, like you said, I didn't want to say something because I thought I was supposed to say something. I, I just was like, okay, I don't know what to say. So I'm not saying anything. So I probably said, I don't know what to say probably more times <laughs> than anything. You know what I mean? But, but, but I've been, I've been studying it though. I've been watching, I've been observing, I've been listening. I still don't know what to say about it, but I know that I've been, um, learning uh, about what are my own blind spots? What are my own biases? Uh, what are, what are the things that I'm ignorant about? 
um, all those different things, really trying to put the mirror back on me and going, okay, what, what is, you know, okay, Kevin, I, I know, I know you think you're open-minded, but how close-minded have you been in thinking you're open-minded? You know, it's like that type of stuff, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with, not necessarily with the COVID stuff. I've been pretty vocal about that, but, but with all the stuff, because I'm in a, I'm in a unique situation. Um, I, I'm back in Winnebago, you know, Winnebago County on, you know, once a month I run a homicide support group. Okay. And so unfortunately to qualify for that club, you have to have had a loved one or a significant other die as a result of homicide. Well, in that group, uh, I have a, a family that their son was killed by a security officer. So, so I, I listened to that pain and that anguish, and, it, and it's still not a solved case yet. And, and, and just hearing that, that, that grief with this particular family. And then on the other hand, right, I'm, I, I do work for, I'm a counselor for the Lindmark Foundation. And um, Brad Lindmark, uh, the brother of Greg, Greg Lindmark, uh, started a foundation because Greg, uh, a, less than a year after he retired as a Rockford um, detective, uh, killed himself. And, and so I, I have been uh, providing services for first responders, police officers specifically. And so I get both perspectives, you know what I mean? And, and um, it's, it's been an interesting uh, it's interesting because when you hear the stories, those aren't, those aren't generalized. Those are, those are very specific individualized stories. And that's, and so that gives me a, a different perspective. Still don't know what to say about it, but I, I, I just know that it gives me a different perspective on both ends of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just the picking, like you saying that for, I, I can't speak for the entire, you know, African-American um, community, but hearing, you even say, I don't, I don't know what to say, but I'm trying to check my own self. I'm trying to see if I have any biases myself. That alone, at least for some, me, you know, and then I've talked to other, you know, black people and I, or you look on social media and you'll see someone share a meme, uh, you know, and the, the meme is almost like, you know, our status when people share it, it's, it, it, they feel it and they resonate with it. So it, 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 you connect with it so much. And I've seen throughout social media statuses of, you know, white people saying, I don't under, I, I want to understand, but I just don't know if I'm doing it the right way. If I'm, if, if, if it's offensive. And even in that, that starts a conversation of, okay, but you know, you're not, you're not coming in here. Like, yeah, what happened to George Floyd happened was wrong, but because when you say but, you negate everything that happens from yeah. there. So therefore you can be saying, oh, he was an outstanding person. He seemed nice, he was a, he was a great dad, but, and then you hear the excuses. Yeah. So that's what, you know, so the black community and people of color are hearing. And so when you hear uh, a non-person, uh, uh, you know, non-black person say that, you know, particularly white, um, and they say, you know, I, I, I want to understand, help me in a way figure this out because I, you, you can influence so many people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, if you start looking at the population and the numbers here, there's what, I don't know, 60% uh, of America, maybe 62% uh, last time I did this, you know, census maybe when I was in school, 60% of, uh, of America is Caucasian. Um, and you split that into um, 30 that are, you know, are, are willing to hear things out, empathetic to, you know, everybody's struggle, whether social status class is different or racial 
um, class is different or even religion. But you get that other percent that just doesn't care. And mm -hmm. those that don't care, don't want to waste my time on them. Don't want to wish them ill will, but don't, I don't, I try not to, not to put too much attention on them. But that other percentage right there, that 25 to 30, there's a cusp on that 25 to 30. And there's a cusp of like 5%. They can go either way. Yeah. They can go either way. And I can't, they can't, my name, I might not bump into them to talk to them, but you do. You, you might see them and you, right, you go out to the gym, you go out to eat, you hear a conversation and whether they think of you, oh, you're, 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 you're a left wingist or you're, no, you still have like, okay, I'm hearing you and I can be of, you know, the Republican party. I can, but I still hear some things that are like, well, you might want to, and you can give your opinion and they'll be more apt to hear it versus me seeing them and, you know, you know, trying to give them like a, I don't know, like a 30 minute speech, <laughs> you know, like it's not going to happen that way. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not going to happen that way all the time. So even you saying that, and then you having a conversation with another, with you know, maybe an African-American male, woman, uh, female or male, or child, you ask that question, you present it that way, they give you some input and then you go back. And then that's, and then you can have a discourse with some people that will never give me the time of day to talk to them. So that in itself is helpful to me to me. Well, perfect. Well, that's kind of, well, like I mentioned to you a couple of days ago when I got a hold of you about, I wanted to kind of follow up with a conversation that we had two years ago, maybe, right? A little, little bit less than two years ago. And, and, and it was, it, and it came off of when we met at Jefferson, you know, for that, for that program that we were just talking about your film project. And, um, and we were sitting down, I, was, I think I was probably about three months out of my annual suicide awareness uh, for young adult program. And we were just, I think we were just kicking around ideas and just talking about whatever. And, um, and, and, and somewhere in that discussion, I, I don't even remember why we met that day, but I, I just, re this part kind of stuck with me and resonated with me. And then I just wanted to follow up with you about it was that somewhere in our discussion, you, you had made a comment, because we were talking about mental health, we were talking specifically about suicide, yeah. and, and you made a comment and said, a generalization, that, that black, in the black community, a lot of times people don't ask for help. Yeah. When it comes to psychological issues, comes to, uh, like you were talking about the, the young man earlier about the abuse. Now I know that was a Hispanic mixed family, but, uh, but that just caught my attention and, and we never really, that I remember really got into like, wh why, what, what's that about? Why? And I, and I hear a lot of people tell me, you know, why they think that is, but I also wonder how they think they know, but so I, so, so, so I don't know, you know, how, how they know. So I'm, so I'm just wondering what, what's your thoughts about that? Cause I know you've interviewed a lot of people. And, and, and maybe you have your own, your own, you know, own experience, own thoughts too. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I just wanted to ask about it. You know, it's our culture. Um, we've had to overcome so much stuff. So we have this, we're so strong. You can, you can make it, you know, that, that you can, you, you know, you, we've had so many hurdles that, you know, you're too strong for that. And, and that, obviously helps when it's needed to overcome something, but some stuff, it's, it's, it's bigger than just dusting yourself off and, you know, lacing up the boots and doing it again. So, um, you know, uh, you, you've seen, you, you've seen other races talk about how strong black women is. Me and you talked about this uh, when it came to a, st a statistic that you said, and it just shook me to the core as far as, you know, the statistic of 
you know, how many black women, uh, statistically wise, from the ages of 50 to 60, and mistake me if I'm wrong, commit suicide. And you said that same stat go to a white older male, a white, a white woman. And you said the, the white male is more, um, more apt to, or just, you know, more prone to maybe committing suicide because his duty is relieved. You know, his duty is relieved. And you gave me that statistic. And when you think of that, it's the strength of black women. So therefore now you think of our, 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 our matriarch, if you may, um, who, you know, in our community, um, in, in all communities, but, you know, single fathers, you know, I mean, our single mothers. So now you have this, this person that's leading your household that no matter what the world has thrown at them, they still overcame. So when it comes to suicide and, and, and anxieties and ADHDs, it, 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 when you think of these things, it's like you can overcome them because I overcame it. And, 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 and you know, so, you know, my mother is, uh, I won't tell her age because I don't want to get pinched next time I see her, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, she was born in the 50s. And I made a status um, about uh, a line that Tupac said. And I was like, if, is life worth living or should I blast myself? And for a minute, my mom is like, okay, what are, what are you saying on social media? And then I just look at, and I, and I post these, I post that caption or I post that lyric. And then I posted uh, pictures of, of, of stuff going on in America right now where there's young black um, adults being hung. And so it's like, why is it even worth going outside? Why is it even worth trying to be in this American, uh, um, you know, system where, it's like, no matter if you do good or not, it's, it's some harm's gonna come your way. So I put that lyric up there and put that there. And my mom, and, 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 and this is just not a black thing, right? I, there's, there's white people that I know that have the old school ways. But my mom on my, um, on my uh, status was like, honey, you know, think about the kids. And remember, I had, I had some struggles and I had some you know, stuff, hurdles to leap, but I came out on top. If I can do it, and it was much worse in the 60s, you can do it. And so you have, you got to think of like ADHD, right? And so the old school, and again, this goes all across the board. This is just not a black community thing, but like ADHD back in the day, no one knew what that was. So now you got to think of kids, you know, when you hear like stories and family stories, oh yeah, you know, Uncle Ray Ray, he used to be a hyper kid. We just have to spank him. He probably had ADHD. Right. And so now we're, ta we're talking about where, 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 um, we're disciplining someone who has a, a maybe a chemical imbalance, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, and so it's like these old school mentalities. So when it comes to suicide, um, you know, just like mass murderers, when it comes to the black community, oh, that's white people stuff. Even though Malville, I can't remember the last name of the, the, the two, um, uh, I don't know if they were African-American. I think they might've been descendants of Jamaica. Um, but they were here in America, and other than those two, I think it was a father and son, I think a little bit of mass shooting. I don't know how many people were un unfortunately harmed, but um, other than that, that's white people stuff. So when it comes to suicide, when you're thinking of now, we're talking about now, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, now um, the millennials and Generation X, they're breaking down stereotypes and, 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 and ways of life that were of the, of, of, of the past. And so now it's a little bit different, but me being 35 and living through the 90s and living through the early 2000s, black people didn't do suicide. And if you talk suicidal thoughts, it's like, no, nah, you, 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 you can't, no. You, you, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost as if we're too strong. We've endured slavery, we've endured um, 
post segregate or segregation after post uh, after slavery. So we've, uh, we've 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 done these leaps and bounds. Um, we've been held back, and yet we still have millionaires, and, and we still have productive. Even if they're not millionaires, you still have productive citizens of America, inventors, scientists, people who have have contributed to America to the world, and it's like they 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 were held back. They didn't get the, they didn't get the same chances. So if we're that strong, it's a weakness for you to do uh, to do suicide. And but the the amazing not the amazing thing, but there's a rapper named Styles P, and uh, from the he's from a rap group called The Locks. And I want to say in 2016 or 15, unfortunately, his young or his um, his oldest daughter committed suicide. And through the black culture, the conversation was starting to happen. And this is pre-exposed. And social media was still big, 2013, 14, 15, obviously. But it was a conversation that was getting started before the memes and before people started um, um, having statuses and tweets that people shared. And why, why I go there, when I go there to say that is, you're now starting to see Generation X and Millennials make tweets that speak on old ways. You know, like black people weren't supposed to talk about their depression. Black people weren't supposed to talk about their anxiety. Well, Generation X and Millennials are talking about, and it's not like, you know, it's, it's, and they're still ridiculed. So if I go vent, I don't have the money to get a psychiatrist. I don't have the money for that. And so we have to self-medicate if we feel like it's getting too much and or I know my grandmother didn't have a PhD, but she was like a psychiatrist. So if you don't have that, and then if you take to social media and vent, then people are going to hop on your status and be like, why are you telling everybody your business? You're supposed to keep it within yourself. You're not supposed to let everybody know your next move. These are sayings that black people say all the time. You know what I'm saying? All the time. In other cultures, I imagine do the same, but you know, it, what's in your house stays in your house. So therefore, if you have no, I can't vent to nobody, where am I going with? Where, 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 who am I, who am I to talk, who, where am I going to talk about the stuff that's upsetting me and, um, and people are, 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 are expecting me to be strong on, on certain things. And sometimes strength is knowing what you're battling, yep. you know? And, and so, but, but with all that to say, when it comes to the suicide part, it, it, it was something that was, quickly dismissed and now it's starting to awareness is now starting to become um you know more rampant just because black people that are you know that, that you know facebook and social media and youtubes and tweets or twitter these things are platforms to where an average joke can tell you how they're feeling and if you resonate with that you're like oh yeah man i was feeling like that so a black person or a young millennial will tweet something and uh, and it'll get a thousand shares so they tweeted something, but it made it to Facebook, made it to Instagram, and people are just still cycling it because it, it, it was like we were fighting against this, and I thought I was the only one that thought like this. Yep, and there's yep. so many much more. There's so many more. There's, there's, there's black people who talk, uh, black people who talk, you know, like with intellect, you know what I mean? Like, 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 but there was, there's, there's a subculture that, oh, you talk white. Now, that's a conversation that now we talk about openly because there's a group of black people in this world um that are like yeah man i used to get made fun of when i was a kid because how i talk but someone shared a tweet and it's gone viral and now people are talking about like yeah i used to get i used to you know i used to be made fun about that too that's the same thing going on with the adhd talk the mental illness talk 
and the suicide talk, these old ways are getting broke down. And um, yeah, that's when, when it comes to the black community, you're supposed to be stronger than that. Yeah. You, you're supposed to be able to endure that. And that's, and it's, it's not that easy, man. It's not, it's not that easy, man. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting what kept popping in my head. Uh, two, two things. One, one is I think of to, to be a good basketball player, right? To, to be a good football player, to be a good baseball player, to go to that next level, well, you have to have coaching. You're yeah. not going to do it on your own, right? And, and then, you know, a lot of times it's specialized coaching. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, going and getting those extra things, putting that extra time in, right? And I think, and, and obviously my bias, you know, uh, being, a, being a therapist, being a counselor, is that that extra coaching is like going to a counselor, right? So, so there, it's not out on social media where everyone can see your stuff and, 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 and possibly judge or ridicule. It's, it's doing that one-on-one -on -one coaching where you can then go, okay, what part do I play in this? You know, I, I, what, it wasn't my fault that I got beat or bullied or, or, or whatever it was, but what part am I internalizing? What, what part am I still hanging on to the story? Um, what part's the lie that I'm hanging on to and what part do I need to let go of? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know? and, and so that's the, and when it, when it, when again, specifically when it comes to the black community, you just think of different, just different. It's like a generational curse. It's, it's, you, 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 you don't talk about that. You don't, you're not supposed to have those thoughts. And then that goes down, down the line, down the line, down the line. And even though generation X and millennials are fighting against it, as far as these old ways, these molds being broken, you still have people within your same age who have been passed on and they didn't, and, 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 and you've been the generational curse of, man, we're just gonna, we're gonna just tough it out. And so now it, it, it it's like, you can never, it, I want to know, I want to know when it'll get to the point to where it's not deemed as something that we can't, we, we, we can't um, get affected by, or we can't struggle with that. You know, it's, it's, I just want to know when, you know, when is that time period to where um, that old ideology within the black community is just going to kind of, you know, get shifted to where it's like, no, man, this is, this is, this is mental health. We need to talk about it. And there's a way that doesn't make you weak. You know, um, it doesn't, it doesn't make you weak if you go to a therapist, if you can afford it, um, it doesn't make you weak. And then it goes to a different conversation as far as medication, where it's going to be pharmaceutical or, you know, your own methods or whatever that are hopefully safe. Um, because I know people do CBD oils and stuff like that to, um, you know, go against, you know, doing pharmaceutical stuff to where, you know, I don't have to want, I don't want to pop a pill or something like that to really, you know, get me kind of, you know, mellowed out. Um, but still it's, it's taking a healthy approach to the, the word mental illness scare. Like when you say that it, it, it's a word association and they're thinking, oh, if you're mentally ill, then you're, you're, uh, you know, you're mentally, you know, um, they just they put it they they put you in a um a spot or they put you in a uh, a place to where um word associated wise you just think that you're what you're, you're one of those kids that i lack of a better term were on the it was a septran bus the this yeah. the you know you you, yep. you automatically when you hear that they think oh you're one yep. of these and it's like no like mental illness and mental illness we need to change the picture of mental illness yep. so yep. when it comes to People of color, you got us, our mental anguish and mental illness doesn't look like, you know, six days in a bed, 
you know, kind of, you know, being depressed. Our, our might come out as aggression, you know, and, and not saying that doesn't happen with any other race, but it's like, you know, they always want to put Robin Williams' face and different other faces when it comes to mental, you know, when it comes to mental illness or depression and stuff like that. But depression and mental illness doesn't always look like a kid sitting in his bed or a person sitting in their bed just kind of, you know, letting the days go by and being tired. Sometimes it's being aggressive. Sometimes it's, I'm upset. I don't know how to properly release this frustration. So now it comes into just, you know, being violent or, you know, being pissed off at one another, you know, people in your community, you don't know why you're pissed off, you know, you know, you can't really work through it because you're not, you're not really talking yourself through it. You're not going step by step of like, well, you know, I feel like this and I want to open up like this. No, it's man code. And, and whether you're black or white or native or Hispanic, everyone understands man code, don't tell all your feelings. So now you got that on top of, you know, um, just you, you have, I can't talk to my homies about that. I can't talk to my friends about that. And so when I feel pissed off and I can't even really describe or really, really feel why I'm pissed off, next thing you know, I'm getting in a fight with an authority figure or a person who looks just like me because I'm pissed off and he's pissed off and we don't know why we're pissed off. Yeah. So, so in the early 90s, I started doing some work because I was in a, I was in a bad, spi- bad space. I was following that code that you talked about, that, that man code. I, I didn't even, it was, you know, this is, this is how we, this is how I thought. I was a, I was a competitive bodybuilder at the time. You know, I, even though I graduated from college, most of my jobs were working security or bouncing, you know, during doing that thing. And I was pretty angry about some things that had gone on. A friend of mine uh, kind of twisted my arm to, to go to this men's retreat. Now I'd already started studying uh, Native American traditions and ceremonies. So I was already starting to open up and, and try to deconstruct some of the previous teachings that I had, but I didn't know anything about, even though I had a degree in counseling, I still didn't know anything about really that world yet. Um, and uh, so I went to this men's retreat. That's what it was called, the men's retreat. And it was a, it was a four day retreat. And what I saw there literally changed my life and has not been the same since. Mm. It, it was obviously all men and what there was this one one thing that we did it was an experiential uh, exercise and they called it uh, rage work and it was this process of you 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 took a took a uh, butcher paper right and you laid down on it they traced that somebody would trace another man would trace the outside of me right and then I traced traced him so I had a a, a silhouette of what I looked like right and and then I had these markers or whatever and I had to mark on, on the silhouette of myself where I'd been hurt. Mm. Messages, physical hurt, emotional hurt, messages that I had told myself, messages that had been told to me. Yeah. And then we got to the plate where that would be hung up, right? Uh, behind this, these pillows or whatever in this uh, bat. And in a, in a very controlled fashion, that you had to, uh, you, you were allowed to beat those pillows, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was very controlled. You couldn't be out of control. You had to do it in a very precise way of doing it, but it was all directed toward how I'd been hurt, right? Mm, yeah. When I watched, I remember, I remember the guy's name, and, and I didn't know at the time, but I watched this man, and he just lost his shit. I mean, yeah. he just went just he all of a sudden got into that motion and he just went and this the 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 sounds that came from him in the middle of doing that and then when he was done he just came back and said that's how you do it 
Wow. And I went, so what happened for me was that th watching him do that, model that for me, gave me permission to start venturing into that myself. Right. And it was awkward and it was weird. And I thought I was being going to be judged and all these other things. Right. Of course, which is weird because everyone there doing the same thing I was doing, but nonetheless, that was all the bullshit that I was saying. And, but that was probably the one of the most beautiful moment that, that another man who I didn't know at the time modeled for me and then gave me permission that that's what I could do too, if I chose to. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and what was interesting about that is the only thing that qualified you to be in that group, the only thing that you had to do to qualify to be there was you had to be a, be a man and be open to being there. It didn't matter if what color you were, it didn't matter if you were straight or gay or it didn't, none of that stuff mattered. Right. It's just that you, you were male and, yeah. and you, and you were open to working on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and so since then I've been doing men's work ever since then, you know, and, and then I still do group work and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, you know, just our conversation about that, because I talk about that in my groups all the time is that true strength comes through vulnerability. Yes, sir. Right. And, and, and I, and that's not to say that there, there can be uh, resemblance of strength through rage. I get that. And I, and I get that there's the anger, right. Is, is maybe a reaction to, to, to being hurt. Right. On multiple reasons, multiple levels, multiple generations, right. Of, of being hurt, hurt. And I don't want to be that going back to that fight or flight. I don't want to be scared in flight anymore. So I'm, I, I now have permission to be angry, right? So, so I, I, I get that. But if, if we're going to, I think in myself, like that day, right? My anger was keeping me stuck. Yeah, yeah, man. But, but, but the reality was it, it wasn't, the anger wasn't, the, the anger was keeping me stuck, but, but I, but it wasn't about addressing the anger as much of it is as much as it was about addressing the hurt. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, 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 I was hurting and, and that was what was causing me to be angry. Now my anger sometimes was silence. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I feel you. I feel right. You. you know, so, so there, there was something that I wanted to touch on because I, I definitely think it's, it's one having conversations like we're having, right. One is, is, is it through social media, somebody can post something and someone likes it and, and it goes that way. And then as I was doing a little bit of, of looking in for our conversation today, I saw that you guys put together a video and there was this guy, it was, it was a hip hop and, and in, in the scene, he was laying on the couch and he had, there was a young lady with a pad of paper and I don't know if it was supposed to demonstrate that he was in counseling, but it looked like he was in counseling and he was singing a song while this lady was writing notes. And, mm -hmm. and, and that reminded me, or it looked like to me, a stereotypical counseling session, you know, the laying on the couch thing. And, 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 and <laughs> doing, but, it, do you remember that? Do you remember that video? Yes, I definitely do. I definitely do. And so why don't you tell it, give us a second about, tell us if you remember that video, remember that scene in the video, why did you guys choose that, to, that, that, to model that? Yeah. So I, I do remember the, uh, I'm really trying to remember the artist in the song, but I do definitely was two artists on there. And then there was a young lady playing like a, you know, a, psych, uh, a psychiatrist and it was, 
he wanted to vent. And the idea that came to me was like, okay, he's like, he's talking to this young lady. So we're going to just, we're going to do the stereotypical, um, you know, he, uh, you know, he's got a cool car and she hops outside and maybe she's in the passenger seat and he's in the cool car and then they go somewhere and then he takes her outside of the car, maybe put her on the hood of the car and talks about his feelings. Or do we want to, you know, show black women in, you know, in, in, in a profession um, that's, you know, maybe um, different than what music videos may portray a black woman. So, you know, yeah, a psychiatrist. And then it was like, okay, so we'll do that. And the venting process, the letting, you know, you know, letting, letting, you know, people in and showing that vulnerable side and, you know, kind of talking it through. And that's what we came up with. And, 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 and it's just challenging, you know, when I, when I, when I try to film, um, no matter, I, I just try to challenge social norms, you know, and, and, and especially with people of color. I, I, when I first came down here to Phoenix, I, uh, I had filmed something for a solar group, a solar panel group. And um, the people that are installing the solars are Hispanic. Okay, they're Mexican. And um, when I was filming that process, I made sure that I, uh, I filmed a, man, uh, a Hispanic male uh, doing a job in that installing process that didn't, was not grunt work. He had a clipboard and it just looked like, yep. you know, some manager boss type of uh, position. And I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to show that too. And I'm going to show a good amount of that. And then I'm going to flip back and forth. But I want, you know, I try to break down those walls of certain themes. And, 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 um, when it, and, and if I can get a, a, a you know, not, not a platform, but if I can get an engine to do that, and if it's, you know, especially enjoyable music, then I'm going to knock, I'm going to try to knock down some, you know, I'm trying to knock down some social norms. So that's what we were thinking about. And I just know that when it comes to the venting part yep. Again, the, the, the black community um, really just kind of, you know, it, it struggles with that, you know, and, 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 and not to tattletale on us, but it's one of those things that, you know, keep things in house, don't tell people our, our, our issues or our problems. But, you know, the, the communication between black male and black woman is, 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 is very hot and cold, is, is very, you know, throughout the community or throughout, the, you know, America. Um, you know, the African-American male and African-American female sometimes are at odds a lot a lot and it's been stemming it's 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 it goes it goes it goes pretty deep and so it was just a good way to show um you know uh the black male being or trusting and if you're going to trust somebody um it was just symbolic to show a, a black woman playing a psychiatrist to be like hey it's okay to talk about you know things even if it's in a playful platform um, as far as, you know, I'm singing to you about a woman that I'm going through things with, it was still, it was, that was our vision to kind of show that. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're going with that. Well, and, and I think everything that we've been talking about right today has been about this idea of recognizing that, you know, how to break down those generalizations, how to yes. break down those uh, uh, st stereotypes, right? And then, and then what people what, what I do with it, what other people do with it, you know, and just by, by, by asking those, by asking questions, by putting that out there and just having some conversation about it is, is all, is, is the point. It's the, it's, it's the point to have the conversation. So as you know, what I appreciate about the work that you're doing, you know, with the, with the, with the youth that you work with up in Jefferson and creating that exercise and creating that class for them, for them to be able to take it and go off, and, and you allowed that to happen and then captured it, that's, that was huge. 
right? And and being able to kind of you know just take opportunities when they when they appear, right? That when God allows us to see those things that appear in front of us, and then and then to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there, and we'll we'll see what kind of conversation comes from it, right? And and I think those are all ways of us being able to see things from a multi-dimensional way and not just be one dimensional. All all white people, they're all black, all Hispanic, all, you know, my my <laughs> my son's girlfriend is, is Puerto Rican. Her friend her her uh her her father's came over from Puerto Rico and her, her mom, if I if I remember the story correctly, her parents were from Puerto Rico and so she's first generation. And and I've learned a ton that I thought I understood and knew about just as I listened to her tell her stories and listened to her parents uh, tell stories. And, and, and that's just one Puerto Rican family. So that's, that isn't, that's just one, that's just one, you know, uh, and, and, and I imagine because they came from Puerto Rico to Chicago, then to, 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 to Belvedere area, Rockford area. Well, that's different than some Puerto Rican family. They went to New York and then may have, that's a different deal. That's a different, that's a different scenario, right? Or who, who went through Florida up, you know, there's a different story. And so they all are different stories. And, and I, that's what I appreciate so much that you do with your work is not only do you love story, but you love telling stories and capturing people's stories. And then like you've seen, like I've seen you do so many times, um, then that magic happens and something bigger than yourself happens. And it's very, very cool. Greg, as we're, as we're wrapping up right here for the moment, I know we could probably go on for another hour or so, but, uh, <laughs> so, but if there was something that you would want the people that are listening, uh, if there was one thing that you would want them to walk away with, what would be one thing that you'd want them to, to either walk away with, to think about when they walk away or, or just one thing to walk away with? Oh man. Um, you know, it's uh, no matter what, what race, creed, religion, social status, um, you know, we, we all have our, our, our set stories uh, and cultural wise, what we, what, what our challenges are. And if we can't empathize, um, if we can't empathize, um, just because we haven't been in those shoes, we try to find a common denominator, you know? So like the kid um, in the school initiative program at Jefferson, um, there was something in that story um, when the cool kid heard the kid that, you know, was writing a letter, there was, there was, there was something there in common. And um, I think we can, I think we can do that. That's not hard. So, you know, if, if I'm hearing uh, my Irish, you know, friend, and he's struggling with some stuff, and I can't relate because, you know, I'm not Irish, there's got to be a common denominator there where I can find empathy. You know, I can find it. So there's, there's walks of life that, you know, and you don't have to, you know, I, you know, I'm an empath, right? I, if I see people crying, I, I my eyes will wilt up. Yep, yep, <laughs> you know, yep. I, I, I totally am now in tune with you. I, you know, I work part-time here at Phoenix and Dollar Tree and there's people in my line. Um, and I checked out a woman that was making a reef and I changed my tone because my tone's like, hi, how's it going guys? Went, hi, welcome to Dollar Tree to everybody. And then talking to them and then hearing her making this reef I totally identified with that and I, I empathize. And I don't know this woman from Adam. 
Yeah, a white woman from uh, what I think of is from Phoenix. Um, it's a red state here, okay? And so there's so many differences that me and this woman possibly can have. And yet right then and there, I was like, I feel this because I've had a, pat, a member that passed. I had, a, you know, I had a parent that passed away two years ago, my father. Um, I, I, my granny passed away in 2001. People, I, 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 I found it. And so, you know, if, if we can, man, um, just find that common denominator. And, and you know, and, 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 you, and if you're not, if you're not lazy, you can do it. And it shouldn't be that hard, you know? So that's, if that's my lasting words, you know, you can find it, even if you're not of the same culture, community, uh, different paths, you know, um, you, you, you can find it. Well, you know, one of the things that we touch base on, addiction, mental illness, right? Uh, you know, violence, uh, abuse, they're, they're, it, doesn't, it doesn't care about religion or race or socioeconomic, uh, it, it affects everybody, right? And, and it's, all, it's all of our responsibilities to do our own work, individually do our own work. But at the same time, I, I have to choose to be open. Like you talked about being empathetic and empathic. And, and as an empath, you, you know, right? You can get caught up in your head too yeah. and, to and totally miss it. But if you choose to be present and choose to be open, you're gonna see and, and then all of a sudden, then you're going to feel it. And then, and then that, that empathy and that being able to connect is right, right there. Right even there. if you don't, even if you don't say anything, it's just, it's just right there. And I, and I believe that we all have, it's all on a continuum, but some people are more and, yeah. uh, and other people may not be as more, but we all have the ability to be open mm -hmm. and, and to, and to, to be able to empathize with someone else and, and be able to hear someone else's story. Yeah, and you, you said it right there. I mean, not to, because again, you, we can do this for hours, but before meeting you, I, when it came to suicide, I thought it was a selfish thing, but I also empathize with people who have had experiences in their family and they told me it. So I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm open to it, but still didn't understand it. And then I went through my own, unfortunately, trials and tribulations. Uh, like I said, I'm Rockford, 2011. We made a cool video. Um, people, it went from, I don't know, 300 people watching it on Sunday, then Monday, Tuesday, 4,000 to 8,000 people. So this was, excuse me, in my short career at that time, this was phenomenal. And we, you know, the, the zenith, like, we, like I was up here, man. I was like feeling cool. I, I remember my, my two oldest kids, we were out and about. It was Christmas time and um, you know, it was Christmas time and people saw me on the news. So they went up to me and said something to me with my kids right there. And they were like, and it just, it was a cool feeling. But at that time I wasn't with someone relationship wise and the kids and their mother, uh, the kids went back with their mother cause we were not in relationship. And uh, I felt the lowest of low. I mean, I'm talking about, we filmed something so cool. I'm on the news locally, people are getting to know us. And, um, you know, I, I live with my friend that I filmed with. He's upstairs enjoying, you know, his, you know, friend, I think his girlfriend at the time uh, and her kids. Uh, and so therefore I'm seeing all this joy and this happiness and I'm in, the, I'm, I'm downstairs by myself. And I thought I, I, it's a scary dark field, but I thought of it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, you know, I, I thought uh, of my children and I'm like, how, you know, how scared that can be without them um, and then without me. And so I didn't, even, I didn't do anything too um, drastic, but the thought of being there mentally, yep. you know, and so 
that experience, I, you know, now that was an experience. And so therefore now, you know, now um, hearing people that might've had um, similar situations, whether I went on a spectrum of, you know, intense to, well, I thought about it, you know, but I didn't do anything, actually do it, that feeling right there. And so if it's, if we're talking about prejudice or we're talking about racism or discriminative, that can be a little iffy, you know, that can be a little touchy, but it's like white people have, white people have experienced some sort of discrimination, whether it's, you know, if you're Irish and you went to the Italian side of town, there's, there has, there, 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 you might find some commonality in, in, in certain people's struggles, you know, again, different communities, different cultures, they have different struggles, but um, before, you know, before that happened, I, I was clueless, but I, 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 I experienced that and I was able to now, you know, not only empathize, but, you know, talk to people who are struggling with, you know, with suicide. And then, then meeting with you opened up, like, you know, open, opened it up more to where now, though my little experience, my small experience, my small brush with thinking about, man, I, I kind of want to not be here no more. Then talking with you, it gets better now. So when I talk to somebody, I've gained experience. So now on the example of, Hey, you're a white, you know, you're a white guy. The demographic is different age-wise, you know, race-wise. But I'm admitting that I have biases. I have biases and I want to, I want to be better at this. I want to see if I can, you know, put some love words. What can I do? Then you get in a conversation with a black male or black female. They hit you with some stuff and then you can go back and then you can expand. Even with your little question that you had, it's like, you know, I, I, you're the, you're the quintessential white guy that gets it, okay? So for so there's this saying that oh invite him to the cookout. You're the white guy that gets invited to the cookout, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you get invited to the cookout, and that's basically saying that there's non-black people that understand our struggle and don't wave it like a like a like a banner for attention, they get it, they understand it, and we invite them, quote unquote, to the cookout, the black cookout, the black barbecue, because they get it. And so that's black people accepting non-black people who get the struggle. And so, you know, so you uh, you get it. And you, to me, you, you I think, I, I, it shows in your children, you know what I mean? You said you're, you're, your son dates a, a woman that is of uh, the Puerto Rican descent. So you didn't, you didn't, you didn't teach discrimination. You didn't teach, by, you know, you didn't teach prejudice. You know what I'm saying? So, you 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 were always hit, but still now you have information to, you know, the little bit that you said. I got I got a bias. I got to work out. I got I got some things that I'm like. Do I got some reflectors that I need to like kind of shine on me because of this situation? You take that. You ask that, and then someone will give you more knowledge, and then now you can sit in conversations, and now you can contribute like you want to. You know, and that goes on for everything. That goes on for, you know, the, the big loop around that I because Lord knows I can bring it around the barn and come back, right? But it, it comes on in every aspect. When come, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about suicide, we're talking about you know, any of those things. If you don't have the experience, find a common, find something. They might say one word and you can identify it. Find it, feel it, okay? Hopefully you can identify with them. And then when you do, you're in that realm, learn something, take it back. And then, you know, you can, you can, you can be a little bit more savvy and hopefully a little bit more understanding in the conversation and have good, you know, good, you know, just, you know, good talk. So. Greg. 
What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? What's the, if, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you or look at your work or because what's the best way to get for them to look at your work? Well, friend, appreciate that. It's time for the plug. Um, YouTube, uh, Gregory Oakley, um, and or you can uh, film or die, spelled together, F-I-L-M-O-R-D-I-E. Um, and that's for our YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I'm Gregory Oakley. I think it's Gregory Film or Die Oakley um, on Facebook. Um, and Instagram, I do believe it's G Film or Die. I think it's G-E-E underscore F-I-L-M-O-R-D-I-E. I don't know, but uh, that's, <laughs> I'm on it, but I'm like, I'm not on it. But man, those are the, those are the platforms that you can reach me, man. And, uh, you know, say hi, stop by, have some, have some discourse, have some conversation, man. We'll, uh, we'll chop it up because if you haven't heard, I talk a lot. So <laughs> for anybody in the audience there, man, like listeners, you know, just ask me anything. And, you know, if I don't know, I'm going to listen. And, um, you know, I'm going to listen and, and hopefully learn. And if I do know, then, you know, hopefully you, you know, hopefully you want to hear someone talk. <laughs> that talks like this. <laughs> Greg, I so appreciate every time we have an opportunity to have a conversation. I always appreciate it. And uh, the other day, just reaching out out of the cold. I'm glad I, I'm glad we were able to connect today to have this conversation. And uh, like we always talk about, if it just uh, plants a seed with one person, that's all that matters. So uh, Greg, you take care in Phoenix. And um, if I'm in Phoenix, and you're having a cookout, I'm looking for some food and some conversation. Brother, you're invited. <laughs> you, 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 was, you was invited before you even, you even said it, brother. So you're invited. Kevin, I want to thank you for, like, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, man, the things that you've bestowed on me in the short time that you did, I, you'll never know how much it has impacted me, and I've, and I've taken it. And, and, and even if it was a two-year conversation, um, I remember it, and I use it. I, I use it, and, and I put it to use when I hear people struggling with things. I'm like, hey. I know a smart person that told me this, and I promise you, I'm not just saying that for the fans here. You really, you, you, you really can change lives, even if it's the world that you know. It might not be the whole world, but the world that you know that comes in contact with you, you can change it, brother, because you are, you, you are forced to be reckoned with. So I thank you. I do. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you soon, all right? I guess, sir. I'll talk to you soon, man. You have all a right. good evening. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.